Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me, Sandy Byrne. And today I have joining me all the way from Utah in the United States, Heidi Aldridge. Now, Heidi is a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and friend, caregiver, estate agent, motivational speaker, and a teacher. She's also, like myself, a hot chocolate lover, although I'm not supposed to technically eat um, or take in dairy anymore but I do but I pay the price at this age <laughs> but Heidi is also a recovering Wymere and she is she studies the art of positive thinking because Heidi tries to give out tips and fun and to get people to look towards the positive side and I love this Heidi has she did have a radio show which is now a podcast called Heidi's Lemonade Stand <laughs> so Heidi welcome to Life After Life and thank you for joining us Thank you so much, Sandy. I'm so honored. So thank you. I appreciate oh, this. I love what you're doing and what your message is. So thank well, you. Well, I love it. Yeah. And you know what? Um, probably like your own podcast, um, these things kind of start by accident. I'm not sure anybody really plans to have a podcast because it's a lot of work. Um, but it kind of starts um, by accident and then builds up momentum. And I love it. And I started doing live um, broadcasts during the pandemic, which is where the podcast came from but your story really resonated with me because obviously I'm a medium and I meet lots of people who have gone through bereavement and um, Heidi uh, lost her dad to suicide when she was just 16 years old and that really touched my heart tell us about that Heidi yeah, it was definitely unexpected. And there was no signs of that coming. I actually thought I would be better off taking my own life at the time right before that happened. And I thought the world would be better off without me. And so I get the thinking, I get yes. where your head is, and that spiral and the no hope. I relate mm -hmm. to that really well. And uh, then it was a couple days after Thanksgiving here in the US, we had Thanksgiving mm -hmm. in November and they came, the police came and knocked on our door and told us that our dad had just taken his life. And I just remember in that moment kind of thinking like, what, what can I do about this? Why didn't he realize how important his life was and that his suicide note said that everybody will be better off without him. And that's a common thing. I just tell him that's not true. Yeah, that's not true. And I'm like, he's missed. I was 33 years ago. So he has missed everything. He's missed me graduating high school, getting married, having kids. I even have grandkids. He'd be a great grandpa right now. And he missed it all because in the moment, it felt like the only solution. And so I'm really passionate about helping people understand to like hang in there. Hold on for one more day, one more hour, one, one more minute. Just hold on. Things change. Things get better. It might feel overwhelming or no hope for the moment, but it gets better. So that's and what it I kind of used that message. We, sorry, I didn't mean to cut across your pet, but there's a slight delay because there's such a difference. There's a seven hour difference from us. Um, 
But it's a, it's a cliche, isn't it, that we say, you know, hang on one more minute, wait one more day or whatever. And even you two wrote a song about it, Stuck in a Moment. But, you know, I wonder, does anybody ever think of that? You know, and I don't know if you've ever experienced on your travels or your work, other people who have contemplated suicide at some point. Yeah, very much. I do talk to people all the time who are in that space. And I got to that space, headspace again later in my life. And I remember I was going to take my life again. And I remember texting someone because I wasn't going to be able to go to a meeting with them the next day. And so I just texted them. I said, I'm not going to be able to make it to the meeting. Why? Because I'm going to die tonight. And they were like, um, no, <laughs> like let's talk, you know? Yes. And so they came right over and we had that conversation, but that I'm glad I said that. Yeah. And I don't know why I did, you know, I think there was this part of me that still had that drive to live. But I really do think when we get in that space and we don't reach out to people or, or people aren't reaching out to us, like my dad, he just felt really alone and really hopeless and felt like life wasn't ever going to change. And so when we sit with that and let that be our reality, it's all what we think about. And so if we yes. can focus on other things. And so now I teach people kind of ways to be more happy and elevate their happiness no matter what's going on in their life because I think it's all about what we think about. It is. And, you know, I think especially after the last two years that we've all been through, it can be hard sometimes to see the positive that's coming up. Um, and how would you define happiness? Like, what to you is happiness? Oh, I love that. This is a really good question because it is something I've had to learn about because I thought happiness was something you got to. I thought mm -hmm. happiness was was a place you would arrive at. Like when, oh, when when I graduate high school, I'll be happier. When I have kids, I'll be happy. Or mm -hmm. when I build my own dream house, I'll be happy. You know, I'm like, that was, that was happiness yeah. to me. And then those things would happen and I'd still be grumpy, miserable, negative. And then I'd be like unfulfilled and be, okay, well, maybe if I got a new car, I'd be happier, a new, you know, whatever. And you just whatever. always put your happiness on something in the future or on some material thing. Sure. And then I finally realized, that, oh, happiness is what's already in us. Like it's part of us. It's not something we arrive at. It's not a destination. Mm -hmm. It's already in there. It's our, it's our peace, our joy. It's our whole makeup of our personality and things that we can enjoy in our life. And so happiness is no longer like that goal I'm going to get to. It's the way I'm going to travel to get to the next part of my life. So it's in I there already. That. I love that. <laughs> and, you know, I was just thinking while you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, we all think and, you know, I think everybody knows somebody who's been touched by cancer. I know this is probably a weird way of thinking. This is the way my mind works. Um, and we all say that, you know, everyone has cancer inside us, that it just takes something to spark it off. Well, now we can think of the, you know, the happy opposite to that, that we all have happiness there. We just need to find something that sparks it. I love that Absolutely, thought. yes. And it's there. And we, sometimes we have to still look um, and rethink the way we look at things in life because yeah. we think it's not there. And so it's just kind of starting to notice those things in our life that really are things that make us happy and things that make us fulfilled and give us joy and peace that's, that's more than just in stuff. 
How cool is that? I love it. <laughs> and what do you think makes you so positive? Because, I mean, you've already shared with us that you lost your dad at such a young age and that you did have suicidal thoughts at least twice in your life. So how yeah. do you find this positivity inside of you? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you asked that because it is something you work on. I really think I was not like born a positive person. I definitely struggled growing up and things we went through as kids and things I went through just as a young married person. I got married really young and had kids really young and just kind of dove into life. And I just was really negative to the point where I had a friend tell me, I can't hang out with you anymore. You're just too negative. Like I can't be around you. But yeah, friend, and huh? that, I remember that day. Yeah, you're just like, oh, wow, that's like really bad. And so I remember going to my husband like, am I too negative? And he's like, well, <laughs> you yeah. oh. didn't want to be that person to tell me. But he's like, yeah, definitely look at the, at the other side of things. And, you know, sure. and I realized then that people go through a lot harder stuff than I was going through. And so I started kind of looking outside myself and I started hearing these stories about people. And this was back in the 90s when, you know, you'd kind of watch Oprah or Donahue and those those talk shows and they'd interview people that have been through really terrible things. And I'm just like, okay, well, my life isn't that bad, you know, like maybe I should find <laughs> ways to be pleasant and happy and more positive. And then I I started a radio talk show in 1999 and that's really what turned me around the most was, yeah. you know, I kind of wanted to be that like Oprah was talking with people. I'm like, I can do that, but I can do it on the radio. And I had this amazing talk show where I interviewed people who have overcome challenges, overcome trials, hardships, tragedy, and what they're doing because of it. And so they took that hard thing and they're changing the world. They're starting a support group or, or they've written a book or they are helping other people or becoming a coach or whatever it is that they're now using that tragic thing that they went through and are making things better and, and connecting with people and helping them through what they're going through. And so I got to meet incredible people while I did this radio talk show. And that really turned me around the most is to stop focusing on myself so much and realize that other people have stuff too that we're all in this life together and we're all going to experience hard things and that we need yes. to support each other and lift each other and inspire each other. Exactly. It's not a competition to see who got, who, who's gone through the worst. <laughs> but I have no. a vision of you now. I'm going to show my age, Heidi, and say that I'm thinking of you as like Dr. Fraser Crane. Do you remember oh, yeah. Fraser? <laughs> <laughs> you could That's be awesome. the new Fraser. <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. That's great. But I love that. And, you know, I really admire, I love what you're saying about people that use their experiences to help other people. Because I really admire people that can do that. Because when you think that you've been through something traumatic, you know, even you, the loss of your dad, like so many people find those things difficult to talk about. And if you're using that to help somebody else, it's picking at that scab every single day, isn't it? Do you find that still or does it get easier? It can, yeah, it can feel like that, especially in the beginning. But as soon as somebody says, me too, yeah. then you all of a sudden feel that power of like, I'm not alone, you know, and somebody relates to me. And so if you just open your mouth and be like, I've been through this and I've gone through this, this problem and somebody's like, oh, 
I went through that too. You know, I went through infertility for years and I noticed as I was, I felt very picked on. I felt like I was the only person who couldn't have a baby and I was this bad parent and I did something wrong or I wasn't good enough and just all this stuff that plays in your head. And I remember when I finally, you know, expressed to someone like, oh, we've been trying to have kids for years and just how me too. And I'm like, wait, you're a great person. You know, why is this happening yeah. to you too? And I all of a sudden realize, oh, maybe those things I was telling myself aren't true. And so it's nice when we can finally just come out with what we're dealing with and what we're focused on, what our hardship is, what our trial is, and realize that we're not the only ones and that people can relate to us. And it gives you that power. Then you kind of want to share more or you want to kind of fight through it and figure it out and get to the other side like they did or they can help you through it. I think it's important to get our power from other people as well while we're in the thick of something really hard. So the more we share, and that's why I started the Lemonade Stand, the radio talk show. And then I started it as a podcast in 2020 because it was really bad then. And people were spiraling into scary, negative, you know, it was really hard. And I thought, okay, we need to focus on something else. And we need to share stories of people who are resilient and overcome really hard things. So I've been doing it for, yeah, a year and a half. I have over 200 people I've interviewed and- Wow. That's what I get my inspiration from every day to answer your question. <laughs> I love, yeah, I really do. I get it from other people who I just admire and just look up to and just, wow, okay, I can get through this day. You know, this yeah. is no big deal. I know. and yeah. But you make it sound so easy. <laughs> and I know that it's not that I'm de- depressed or anything, but I mean, I've had my moments. But I'm sure there's going to be people listening to this and they're going to think, you know, um, especially, you know, we think, okay, well, we've come through the pandemic. We haven't quite. There's something else, monkeypox. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, going back into you know mask mandates and lockdowns and all this kind of stuff. And there's people that can't see the wood for the trees. You know, we're yeah. heading into a recession and everything. You know, how, what would you say to those people? You know what? It's so funny you say that because I was feeling it this weekend myself. I'm like, gas prices and house prices and yes. interest rates and just like, uh, you know, yeah. and you get kind of, you get overwhelmed. I mean, you're like, I can't take it anymore. How how are we going to live? How are we going to do this? Food yeah. prices, everything. And then it's funny because I actually teach this. I teach um, about gratitude because that's really where it starts is being grateful and stop focusing on all those things. Because like mm-hmm. you said, you can't see the forest through the trees. And so mm-hmm. when we, let's do it with the good things then, you know, because it's really easy to focus on all the negative things. And so I have a little game that I play and it's called yes and at least. And so you, you, you acknowledge that, yes, this is really hard right now. This thing happened. And at least I didn't die, you know, or at least, and you start like listing, you know, at least like one day I got a rock chip on my car, you know, a rock hit my car windshield. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's going to be $1,000 to replace this windshield. Yep. It's a big mess. And and you spiral into mm-hmm, how do. bad it is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. And at least my car wasn't destroyed. At least the paint job wasn't ruined. At least I didn't get in an accident. At least nobody yeah. was hurt. At least, at least, at least. At least. And yeah. then your mind is so focused on finding the good things and replacing it from spiraling down that 
I think that's really my big hack and my trick that I do right now and that I teach people is just acknowledge, yes, yeah. this is hard. This is scary. This is, but at least, and then start listing everything you possibly, get crazy. I mean, get silly. You know, my children didn't die. Like if you have to go like really crazy, you know, and just yeah. start being grateful for your house is still standing. You know, you've got food in the fridge, whatever it is that you can, yes, and at least, I also tell people, don't say that to someone else. You know, if someone <laughs> comes to you, yeah, you get it, right? If someone comes to you like, oh, my grandmother just died. Yeah, and at least she, you know, it doesn't no. work. You cannot say it to other people. It's for you. It's for you to use for your own thinking to get yourself yes. back on track instead of getting so scared and overwhelmed and anxious about something you really can't control anyway, which is hard. Yes. We get We get scared when it's something we can't control uh, you know what I used to, I did that for years you know and stressed about it and then like that so my hack what I what I do is I'm a list maker so I'll yeah. take a notebook and I'll open a fresh page see what I do is I talk myself out of doing things so I'll say oh no what if that doesn't work out and all these so I, on one page I'll write down all the things that I could see going right with this situation. And on the other page, I'll write down all the things that I could see going wrong with the same situation. And you know, the what could go right far outweighs, I would say 99.99999% of the time, far outweighs what could go wrong with the situation. So, you know, I always end up going for it anyway. But, you know, people kind of see me and think, oh, you know, she'd try anything or she'd give anything a go. It's not that I haven't spent hours stressing over it beforehand. But, you know, like that, you find a way, don't you, to work through it. Yes. And I wouldn't call myself yeah. a positive person. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> That's why me I too. invited you here. <laughs> oh, I yeah, love you it. You got it. You got this great hack. And that's exactly what I have to do, too. I'm the yeah. same way. I think we're all we're all human. We all have these crazy brains that try to keep us alive by scaring us, right? Exactly. And getting yeah. us to look at, oh, you don't want to do that. You could die. <laughs> you know. And so you're yeah. like, what could I though? And so I love your list idea. I do that too. Yeah. I do it a gratitude list, you know, too. Yes. And so it just keeps me focused on those things that are scary and that my brain wants to get me to turn from. And, you know, That's while okay. we're talking, I'm just thinking, <laughs> you know, do we program our children, you know, like put on clean underpants in case you get knocked down by a bus? <laughs> do, do we program this into our kids when they're little of all the things that could go wrong? <laughs> totally. I know. And now it's like, then you try to reprogram as their teenagers are like, no, you can do this. Try yeah. it. Do it. Be it. You know, and they're like, oh, I can't. Like, no, you can't. I know. They're so we're, we're we're probably doing them a huge disservice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need to just <laughs> let them be. so many different directions. Yeah. Now, so we I... have a saying, it is what it is. So we say that now, you know, it is what it is. And we don't label stuff good or bad. It's like there's stuff that's helpful and there's stuff that's less helpful, you know. And so yeah. it's not good or bad. It just is. And so it helps you move forward with that, too, because as soon as we label some I, I checked into a hotel a few few weeks ago and the guy at the front desk was like oh I've got good news and bad news and I'm like don't tell that to someone who's traveled all this way and is ready to you know like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't settle well you know? <laughs> and so I was just like well how about say you have interesting news and I can decide if it's good or bad like it is what it is it's just news sure. 
interesting news. And so he's like, okay, well, the computer's down, so I can't check you in yet. And then he's like, oh, it's coming back. I can check you in now. (laughs) Why did we go through this whole thing? Exactly, (laughs) because you were preparing yourself to be homeless for the night. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's what it does. It freaks you out. You think the worst first. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. if he would have just said, hey, you know, hang on, the computer's down. Be like, okay, it is what it is. But to do that, we have good news and bad news. And your body is just, you literally feel it inside of you. You You're do. Scared. I go into panic mode because I know something's panic. going to go wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I used to be so bad that way. I would make stuff go wrong because I would think it yeah. to make it happen. You know, I would be, I just bring it to me. I'm like, okay, well, we got some extra money. So that means the car's going to break down. Just waiting for the car to break down. Is today the day the car is going to break down? You know, <laughs> guess what? The car broke down. Of course it <laughs> no did. No surprise. I know. Well, and I, so you know, now I don't I, do that at all. Keep saying this to people. Don't if you believe it. in the law of attraction, that you can attract yeah. positivity, you also have to believe that you can attract negativity. You know, it's just yeah. logic. So, we, you yeah. know, and I say this and I'm, you know, of course I'm saying it. It doesn't mean I live it. <laughs> I know <laughs> what thought process I should have, but it doesn't mean that I, I'm a saint. Okay, I do think of the bad things that are going to happen too. So I, totally I do too. I think it. I just learned the hard way. I learned the hard way of like bringing all the negative to me. Yeah. And then I remember one day when I'm like, well, what if, what if I didn't think that? What if I didn't say that? What if, yeah. what if today actually was going to be a good day? So I was so bad. And like I said, the person mm. didn't want to be around me because I was so negative, but I just wake up and look for something to go wrong in my yeah. day. I'd be like, well, another day, what's going to go wrong today? That's how yeah. I lived. And just Mm -hmm. looking for, oh, yep, I knew the dishwasher was going to break. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I knew my kid was going to get hurt. Or, you know, because you're like, yep, I knew it. I was just waiting for that to happen. And that's how I lived. And now it's so much more fun. Like, wonder what's going to happen today. I can't wait to see what miracles come into my life and what amazing gifts I can see. And what award am I going to give today for simply the best thing I experienced today? At the end of the day, I always give an award. This was simply the best sunrise or simply the best flowers in someone's yard, you know? And so now I look all day long, what's going to get my award? And it's a way better way to wake up and go through the day instead of what's going to happen that's wrong. What's going to happen that's right? What's going to be great today? That's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, I love it. And I wonder, like, because obviously you and I, we've kind of got a similar thought process in that. And I was just thinking back, you know, I mean, obviously you had that traumatic experience of losing your dad um, at a young age. Now, um, I also went through um, a traumatic loss when I was a teenager. I just turned 15. But I went, I lost two people within 10 weeks of each other. And, you know, I held on to that for years and years, maybe even still a little bit today. And I never got close to people because I was I thought they were going to leave, you know, whether it was death or just another way. Um, So I wonder I'm not a psychiatrist, but I wonder if that's what kind of makes us, you know, go into panic mode with things, you know, because we experienced that loss very young. Yeah. I think so, because it's a reality all of a sudden, right? It wasn't anything that you thought before, because that just doesn't happen to me. That happens to other people. people, And so you never worried about it. But then once it happens to you, you're like, oh, this can happen. Well, it's going to happen today. It's going to happen again tomorrow. And it's going to happen 
And then again, you're bringing that law of attraction. And so you're looking for that loss. And I went through the exact same thing. I totally relate with what you're saying. I went through the same thing and I realized I was the one kind of pushing people away because I was afraid of loss again. And so I wouldn't let people in or tell them what I was going through or what I was worried about because they're just going to leave too. If my own dad can't stick around for me, then obviously nobody else is going to want to stick around for me. Yeah. So it's definitely that, but it all comes back to what we think. It's that simple because you can have somebody else that had the exact same experience and thinks that it's okay. Like, yeah, that was dad's fault. That was dad's idea. That wasn't about me. It was about my dad and where he was in his life. Or you can have the person who owns it and thinks it's about them and I'm not lovable and I'm not good enough because my own dad didn't want to be with me. You can think either way, which way is true. We think whichever way we think is the truth. And so I teach people to question your thoughts because just because you thought it doesn't mean it's true. Because there's probably a truer reason of why things happen than what we automatically think at the beginning. That's a great point. And especially where you're talking about suicide, because so many people blame themselves. Should I have seen something? Could I have done something? Was it something I did? You know, there's a million questions that go around in people's heads for the rest of their lives, you know. Um, So it's a great way to think about things. And I really felt that when that happened. I totally thought, oh, my gosh, it's all my fault. You know, what could I have done better or different? Or I get that. We do. We own it so bad. And I remember after that, I stopped thinking about myself all the time because I was so consumed, mm-hmm. you know, with myself and how I felt and how I looked and how people treated me that after my dad died, I was like, well, it's not all about me. And maybe there's other people that are sad and suffering and thinking that their life isn't worth living. I want to reach out to those people. I want to smile at them, say hi to them, check on them, hang out with them. And so I remember going back to school and, yep, and just noticing people for the first time that I hadn't noticed in the hallways of the high school. I'm like, wow, where's this? Who's that person? You know, they look sad. And you just can really start. Or I could have let it consume me and felt guilty and decided that I'm not worth living either if my own dad, you know, I could have had my thoughts go either way. But I decided oh. I got to look at other people and not myself anymore. That's and what you I chose. were a little girl, you know, to have to yeah. go through all that. And I don't think that the younger people, you know, appreciate nowadays. Like they have so much information. They're very world wise. We weren't. <laughs> we just weren't. Not at all. We didn't have the internet till I was in my, like, I don't know, was I late 20s, early 30s, you know, and we got Me. internet. And we didn't know what other people were doing or how other people handled things or what resources were available to you. You know, you just sucked it up and you got on with it, didn't you? That's right. (laughs) That's right. Yep. And so you had your own thoughts to worry about. That's about all you had. And you had to wait till the newspaper came out the next morning or, you know, that's about it. That's the only way you got any more information. So you had to make the best of where you were at. Yeah, I, I sometimes I wonder was it a, an easier way, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not so sure. It's hard to know, isn't it? It definitely yes. was peaceful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we when you had to wait for somebody to call you back, you know, you couldn't get a hold of someone right away. That's definitely nicer now because we can send a text and reach someone instantly. And back in the day, yes. you'd have to try to call the busy signal, 
leave a message on an answer machine if they finally got one or keep trying to Wait call by someone the phone just to ask them, them a question. Back. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we definitely hand, have some things better now. You could be on a train or something and you wouldn't have to listen to somebody going, can you hear me now? That's all you hear. <laughs> I remember getting on a train with a book, you know, and I have a, having complete silence. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Those were the days. Yeah. Those were the days. Yes. There are things to miss. (laughs) There there definitely are. Now, you have on your website 21 habits for people to, um, because, you know, and I think they're different ones forgiveness, love, gratitude, how to find the gift in all situations. Could you share one or two with us or? Yeah, yeah. Those are my top five. Are they spell the word gifts? G I F T S. So it's gratitude, and your image, your body image, forgiveness, thoughts, and S is see everything as a gift. So those are my top things that to really elevate your happiness, you have to work through those things. I think forgiveness is really big, because not only should we forgive other people, we don't want to because we think it excuses their behavior. We think that if we forgive someone, then it means what they did was okay. Mm. And that's, that has nothing to do with it. Actually, that's a myth. No. Yeah. We forgive people so that we don't have to carry that hate on us anymore. And it frees us when we forgive people. And so that's a huge one to find a little bit more happiness in your life is to forgive yourself Mm -hmm. and to forgive other people because we just carry that thinking and, and it goes back to the saying, you know, where you drink poison, hoping the other person will die. That's mm-hmm. what you're doing when you're not forgiving. You're just, I'm going to keep drinking that poison. So they suffer. They don't care. They don't even know. They've moved on in their life. They are not laying there in bed every night going, man, I wish Heidi would forgive me. Like they have no idea what they've even done that upset me probably. But I need to forgive them for myself. And so I'm free of that hate. So that's a big one. And then ourselves, we have to forgive ourselves because we're going to fall short. We're going to do dumb stuff. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt people. And we got to let it go. We can't keep carrying that too. I was talking about this in a, in a podcast um, that I did there a week or two ago. And, um, you know, I was researching it. And one thing that I always think, you know, with, even if we can't forgive somebody for what they did, we could at least concentrate on forgiving them for why they did it. Because mm-hmm. hurt people hurt people. You know, someone yep. who's happy doesn't hurt somebody else. So if we can think, you know, okay, well, I don't think I can forgive them for, you know, doing that or killing somebody or whatever they've done to you. But you can forgive them for the reasons why they did it or why they thought it necessary. And that might yeah. be the best that you could hope for in a forgiveness situation. But at least it's something, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and and you don't actually have to tell them you forgive them either. I think that's another myth. People think, oh, I don't really, I'm not going to, this person is is not even here or, you know, is in jail or something. And I don't want to go visit them. I don't want to tell them I forgive them. It's like, no, no, you don't, you don't have to do any of that. No, you're just not going to carry it into tomorrow. So whatever that looks like for you. I, I always go back. There was this little 14-year-old girl named Elizabeth Smart, and she was kidnapped out of her house at Knife Point at 14. She was taken up to the mountains and treated like nobody should ever treat a 14-year-old little yeah. girl by this terrible man. And she finally got free after nine months. 
she Nine was months. held captive, but she got free. Nine months. And her mom's advice to her, I mean, this was terrible. And you can never go back. You can't take back anything. You can't change anything that happened. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. And she said, but this guy took nine months of your life that you'll never get back. But don't give him any more days. Yeah. And so by wow. holding on to that and not living your life anymore, you know, because it would have been really yeah. easy for this little girl to use it as an excuse. Yes. Oh, I was kidnapped and had terrible things done to me. I guess I'm just going to be in my room the rest of my life and never amount to anything because of what happened to me. Because I'm mad. I'm hurt. I'm sad. I've been abused. I've been. Mm-hmm. And we'd all we'd all be like, okay with that. We'd be like, yes, she should, you know, be just protected and in her room forever and that poor child you know but it's like but at the same time that's no life that's giving that man that that power over her life still he's still holding her captive if she lives her life like that yeah and so that's the same with all of us whatever we've been through holding on to that hate prevents us prevents us from moving forward from living from loving from caring from putting ourselves out there in vulnerable situations from doing anything because we're so caught up on this hate and holding on to what happened to us. And so that's always a reminder to me whenever I feel like I'm not going to forgive that person. You know, they don't deserve my forgiveness. I deserve the forgiveness. I deserve to let that hate go. I don't care what that person does in their future. Who cares? They can live their life rot in jail. I don't care. That's their business. I have to let it go. And I can only control that. So that's what a reminder to me is if this 14 year old little girl can forgive her captor, I can get over it and get on with my life too. And she's done amazing things in her life. Like she's gone on to do amazing things. What'd you say? I was just saying that was so profound from her mom, like, you know, to come out yeah, and say that to her. to give her that advice. When, as a mother, she probably just wanted to get her hands on that guy and kill him, you know, because that would be your first yeah. instinct. But no, her, yeah. you know, she had to make her daughter her priority. And I love that advice. You know, we should all take yeah. that advice. You know, no matter what. Yep, don't give them one us, more day. Don't give them. No, no matter what. I love don't that. give them any more days by holding on to that hate. That's that's yeah. giving them all that power still. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, huh? So, you know, it's a good way to look at it too. Maybe you said something there a few minutes ago. You said um, about not bringing it into tomorrow. And I think, you know, we should all look at that. Um, yeah. You know, not to hold on to things, lose sleep over things and carry them into the next day. Let it go. Yeah, it doesn't serve you. Like what, you have to question that. Like, what is this serving me by, it's like carrying a backpack full of bricks into tomorrow. Nope, nope, I'm mad. I'm going to, everybody's going to know it. I'm going to bring it into tomorrow. It's like, what if you just set it down? (laughs) Like set down the backpack full of bricks. (laughs) Uh, Lovely. Yeah. 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 And then what are you going to bring into tomorrow? You're going to be lighter and freer and happier and it's amazing what that forgiveness does for you. And then those people that maybe you do want to reconnect with, maybe you have hurt. It's mm-hmm. amazing when it's the right timing, they yeah. will make their way back into your life if it's a good thing for your life. If you can sure. forgive someone that you should forgive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or look Be for their nice. forgiveness, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't live your life based on it either because you might never get 
you know, like an apology you might never get, you know, that you're forgiven, you might never hear that. And that's okay, too. You can write a letter to yourself as if it's from the person, Mm -hmm. you know, or you can write a letter from any point of view you want to, and then you just don't send it, you just write it out and then burn it up, throw it away, put it in a drawer, whatever, but get those feelings all out. And it's very freeing yourself. That's a big one. And let's face it, you know, and I've heard Tony Robbins say this in the past, that we all say things in a moment of anger, you know, of whatever reason it is. Everybody's done it. We didn't all have mobile phones to record it back in the day, but we've all done it at some point. Let it go. Forgive yourself, even if others can't forgive you. And I loved that advice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I learned from Tony Robbins as well. I totally, that's exactly it. And it sounds easy to say it that way. Oh, just let it go. It's like, no, really, you just let it go. (laughs) You just decide you're not going to carry it. Yeah. Yep. But if you can look at it as something, you know, that helps me if I'm like, look at it as the bag of bricks. And then it's like, no, I'm just going to take it out of my hand. I'm just going to literally let it go. And then there'll be little things that come up, you know, and you're reminded again. And also, I would say, don't go back to that. Like, if there's somebody toxic in your life that is terrible to you and treating you terribly, and you keep forgiving them and forgiving them and forgiving them, there's a point where you need to protect yourself and stop stop going near the biting dog. Let the biting dog stay in the corner. You don't have to go in the room. So there's taking care of yourself, too, as if you're if you are in situations where you are being treated really poorly and you have to ask for forgiveness and they have to ask for forgiveness over and over and over, it might not be the best situation. And you might do yourself better to get out of that situation and stop carrying that bag of bricks and make a better, make better choices for the future and not something so toxic. So I don't know. I, I could talk to you all day because, you know, I know. Um, I do feel more positive even after having this chat with you. So I love it. So I'm going to put the links in the description box attached to this podcast to your podcast, which is, remind us, it's Heidi's Lemonade Stand. Yeah, Heidi's, Heidi's Lemonade, Lemonade Stand. Stand. I love that. And to yeah. your website and where they can find um, your 21 habits um, to a more yeah. positive life and a happy life. Heidi, thank Thank you you so much for all that advice. I know so many people will resonate with it. Life has been tough over the last while. So we need to leave the last two years behind all the divisiveness and everything else and move forward. Thank you so much, Heidi. And we can control that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I appreciate it. You too. And everybody, um, thanks for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode of Life After Life. And until then, stay safe and take care. Discussing everything about the afterlife and spirit.